Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am terrific. Oh, I knew you'd have a terrific in you today. And, and I don't know why. Oh, well, well maybe, you recently well, maybe went on vacation. You saw the say, sun. Maybe I, maybe I was in Florida last week. <laughs> that's what did it. No, but I've been back home. You know, we came, when we came home, my wife and I went down to see her, her dad and her sister. And so just like a long weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend people, if you go to Orlando, go to Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. It's free. It's fun. The parking's free. Mm-hmm. It's fun, and there is an amazing restaurant there called the Boathouse or the Boat the Boatyard. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. But I am terrific, and it's you know it's super cold, but the sun's out. Yep. Um, I'm ter- I'm just terrific. I I don't know why. How's that? It's Friday. We're recording. It's on Friday. Friday. <laughs> yeah, I I just I'm I'm focusing on. Well, and you know, so I choose my I chose my attitude for today, and my attitude mm-hmm. for today is to be fully present. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, because I, you know, I want to really enjoy every moment of today. So mm-hmm. to be fully present is the only way you can do that. So let's just jump right in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not fair for me to ask you, what did you think when you saw the email? Because I told you what we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I heard this podcast that Patrick Lencioni did where he talked about reboarding. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. And Patrick Lencioni, only the way Pat can, is like, you know, think about it. Within our organizations, maybe we need to tell everybody, get off the plane and let's mm-hmm. reboard. Mm-hmm. And we go, and so I started thinking about the onboarding process. I started thinking, we've been hiring a lot of folks at MACNE. You've been doing a ton of work mm-hmm. with onboarding people. But I started asking myself, what is, what really happens when we onboard a person? Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, you've had some onboarding horror stories, if you can call it that, I have. You know, I shared the one where I, I went to work at this one company, and they basically said, there's your office, and it had been empty for six <laughs> months, and nobody had cleaned out the stuff that the guy that was there first. I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? It took me like a week to figure out what I could throw away and what I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I started another company, they had no place for me to work. I yeah. sat in a little chair in somebody else's office with a borrowed laptop that I borrowed from my dad on my lap. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why they call it a laptop to make notes because there wasn't even a table for me to work at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, you know, and I feel like I've, I've heard stories from friends like good and bad, right? What their yes. experiences have been. And um, there's so much more to it, which I know is kind of what, what your post is about today. But I think, right. That sometimes we, uh, especially in today's world, we're like, we are moving so fast all the time yes. Um, yes. that we just, ha- a couple things. We have maybe unrealistic expectations, like, sure, we can get this person like in, in two weeks and, and be ready for them. Or right. we kind of just are so eager to get them through the door that we don't think like, hey, if we took an extra week, to to like really make this special for them what could that do for the long-term experience exactly exactly you know one one of the and i heard this statistic years ago but i don't i don't remember where i heard it but it basically said that a person will determine whether they're going to stay within an organization within the first three weeks of employment Mm -hmm. that's wild i have not heard that before and and so if we think about it we've got this window to establish the connection. So what do we mm-hmm. do? What do we focus on? We focus on 
W-2s, <laughs> I-9s to make sure they're legally allowed to work in our organization. Yeah. Uh, insurance forms. Which is important. Um, <laughs> it is. Let's get their direct deposit set up. Yeah. Let's, let's all these things, Um, you know, and okay, now you're good. Off like you those go. things, mm-hmm. off you go. Like those things are going to set this employee up for success. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, long term within our organization. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to make sure that they have insurance, they get paid, we can deduct, get the right deductions. It has nothing to do, all the things that we focus on have nothing to do with true performance and success for this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they are important. But, and then I started thinking, so maybe there's things that you really should be doing before they even start. Like, mm-hmm. are there welcome packages that might get sent to their home? Think, think, you know, one, I, I know of one organization, and this, this blew me away. They had, they had hired um, a new engineer, um, and I think this engineer, fairly young, my guess was maybe she was in her mid-20s, something like that. But when she got to work the first day, there was a gift basket on her desk with things from the company, maybe, I'm, I'm guessing, like a shirt, a, you know, a polo or a T-shirt, um, you know, maybe a water bottle with the company logo on it, some chocolates, a bottle of wine. There was a brand new laptop waiting for her on the desk with a bag to carry the laptop. My guess is she felt like they had planned for her mm-hmm. and they valued her. And how often do we go to, I mean, I've never gone to that. Ex- mm-hmm. when, when I worked, and I shared with this with you before we started recording, when I worked for Volpe, um, the Swiss parent company, when they would onboard someone, it was a process that took weeks or months because they literally wanted that person to be exposed to every facet of the business, and they literally spent time in every com- in every division of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were sales, they spent time in manufacturing, they spent time in planning, they spent time in engineering because you need to know what's going on. So those are just like the mechanic pieces of of the um the 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 company but pat lencioni was really talking about because he has his his four disciplines of a healthy organization mm-hmm. he always he says pat says that a healthy company is the most is, is has the biggest um uh a advantage over any other company whether your processes you mm-hmm. can have the best process in the world but if you have an unhealthy company if people don't know why they're there if there isn't a cohesive team if there isn't clarity of purpose, clarity of mission, clarity of values, they won't see. Mm-hmm. So I, I gave you some notes of, of some things that I found. What were some things that may have jumped out at you when you think about what might be important to onboard? I really liked the idea. There were a, there were a couple on your list that kind of tie into like having um, – a team involved or assigning kind of like a buddy an onboarding buddy or or something Uh like that. And I think that that can, can really make a difference when you've got, you know, someone that not necessarily that you think of as like assigned to you, but someone that like, Hey, I, I, I'm, I've got this like question or like, this is unclear to me, but almost like a, a a safe group of people to go to, to kind of ask things that you might not understand or that can, show you the ropes like oh these are yes. the, these are the great lunch places nearby or just like yeah. little things like that that make you feel like you're you're part of a team versus like the new kid in class right right 
you know, I, I'm, I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking. So when I w- when I worked for Volpe, I had to go to Europe mm-hmm. for about eleven weeks total over a two year period. And when I they actually and and this was amazing. When I landed at the Zurich airport, there was someone waiting to pick me up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't here's the address of the hotel. Yeah, figure it out. Get a cab and go. <laughs> and this man literally. He, um, uh, he, I, I remember he, you know, he, it was, they didn't, well, the one thing they could have done better was they could have showed us, showed me a picture of him. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he had a picture of me, but we, we did make connection as I, you know, I get off the airplane, I'm coming out of, uh, out of the, 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 the terminal wing, whatever it was at the Zurich airport. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't the security that you have today. Although I will say this back in, this was back in, um, late eighties, early nineties, I one of the things that shocked me was when I got off the airplane at the Zurich airport, there were guards with machine guns in their hand. Wow. I'm like, whoa, I am not in Kansas anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, certainly it was before 9-11, but literally they didn't have them like on their back. They had them in their hand. Wow. With their hands literally on the machine guns. But anyway, um, so this man, he made sure I had some, he made sure that he took me to lunch. Mm-hmm. Um. He the first couple of days he picked me up at my at my hotel, which was in within walking distance of the company. And I finally said his his name was was Conrad. I said, you know, Connie, I can I can walk to work. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another gentleman that they had sent to to the states to work here for a while, and I kind of befriended him. And he made sure that I had something to do on the weekend. Wow. Because they didn't want me to. They wanted me to feel like I was valued. And they mm-hmm. didn't want me overly stressed. Mm-hmm. It was pr- and it was great. I literally could go to the company then the, the second visit, third visit, and I knew where things were. People were there, you know. Hey, Mr. Freud, how are you? Nice to see you again. It was great. Mm-hmm. And because they they went the extra step. And kind of you know reading between the lines of what what you're sharing, both in your experience and some of the other positive experiences, and and also kind of with the list that you know I'm looking at right now, it's almost like a lot of these things that we kind of look at as maybe like fluff that it's like yeah. you know it's it's a it's a luxury to be able to do those kinds of things or you know that's just fluff it doesn't contribute to the success of the organization or the success but really you know those are the things that impact the way someone feels about yes. about their their new career their their new organization yes. and i think that in the long term, that's what sustains someone, right? If they join and they're like, I immediately feel like I'm valued. I immediately feel like I'm, I'm, you know, part of a team that cares about me and my success. And, you know, I'm part of something bigger. This isn't just like right. a paycheck that they're going to decide like, yeah, this is somewhere I want to stay. This is a career that's going to sustain me and my family for years to come. Yes, exactly. And, and there was another great thing that Patrick Lencioni talked about was he said, we need to focus on making sure we are onboarding the culture of the company, mm-hmm. the values of the company, the why the company exists. And he said, the best way to do that is to have people within the organization share story mm-hmm. of living out those values and living out those whys mm-hmm. or the why, excuse me. So, you know, and I was, and I was thinking about, um, customers, you know, may, maybe you've got stories of, of how your organization went the second and third mile to serve a customer. Mm-hmm. 
You know, one of the if I was at Self Lock and I was onboarding someone, and I would want to make sure that they knew the story of the day that a customer of ours in Stone Mountain, Georgia, needed parts the next morning at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And how the only way we could get them the parts was for the owner to go home, take a shower, grab his shaving kit, come back, pick up the box, go to the airport, get on a Delta flight, fly to Atlanta, arrive in Atlanta at about 10 at night, rent a car, drive to Stone Mountain. He slept in the parking lot of the plant, Mm -hmm. set his phone to wake him up at quarter to five, combed his hair, stuck a piece of gum in his mouth, (laughs) and at 5 a.m. met the production planner at the door of the plant Mm -hmm. with a box of parts. To me, that was the the real-life story of the values of self-lock and customer service. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we didn't charge them for the trip. We charged them for the parts. Yeah. And the box of parts was worth about 150 bucks. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that tells somebody how you act and how you think if you're going to work at self mm-hmm. And that's where this reboarding comes in, right? So, yes, like, exactly. you, you know, you want to do those types of things at onboarding. But if you're sitting here and thinking like, man, I didn't do that. I really missed the boat. You didn't. Do it now, There's you know, still, you, still yes. a chance and you can, you know, do it with your existing team. And, and even if it is something that you do regularly, are you doing it enough? Are you communicating that vision enough? Are you communicating those values enough? Because, you know, after a while, you know, yeah, yeah maybe you've got employees who've been around for 10 years and are a wealth of information and are, are really great employees and they're super engaged. That is fantastic. But they're not going to be able to communicate those values and the culture if if they're not constantly immersed in it too exactly and that and and i I love how you circled right back to the reboarding that's what pat was talking about Mm -hmm. he said so many things have changed in the last two years in our company the world has changed so much in the last two years in our company we probably have forgotten some of those key values maybe we maybe our why has gone fuzzy and, and people say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, when Starbucks Y went fuzzy, they started losing a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And when Schultz came back to run the company again, the Y was clarified and they became profitable. Mm-hmm. When Steve Jobs left Apple, their Y went fuzzy and the company started hemorrhaging. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs comes back. And since when Steve Jobs came back, the organization began to function again. Their Y was clarified. And they started developing things like the iPhone, the iPad, and the iPod. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to say to folks, let's get off the plane and let's reboard. Mm -hmm. And then build into our days, into our weeks, reboarding experiences. You know, maybe the company needs to do lunch and learns for its staff. Mm -hmm. And that lunch and learn is based around our culture and our values. It's how we it's how we care about people. You know, I, I, I'll use another self-lock example. Um, after I left, one of our employees um, had, had to have surgery and he lost the bottom part of his leg. And he needed to move. He had an upstairs apartment. Well, he can't get up the steps anymore. His coworkers moved him on a weekend. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the point is we value the people that are here. You're not just an employee, you're family. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of things I think we really need to be thinking about 
as we look at this reboarding? What are the stories that we can tell? Do you have customers that can tell a story? Mm-hmm. Get them to put it in writing if they can't, you know, or maybe they'll they'll record it, uh, shoot you, you know, a, a video off a phone mm-hmm. because that's what makes a difference. And that's the connection piece. Was there anything else, Marissa, when you looked at this list that jumped out at you? Hmm, that jumped out at me. Um, I really, I, I liked number nine, plan the ramp into meaningful work. Yes. Because I think that that is often overlooked. Again, because we are moving so fast and we often think, oh, taking our time is a luxury. But, you know, if sometimes we do, we move people too, too quickly into the work and, yep. we, and we skip the meaningful part. And sometimes... I think we're, you know, we're just trying to get people in. We need the help. We need someone to take this on. But then when we, we skip the important parts or we, we skip, you know, hey, here's why we're doing this or here's kind of everything that um, builds up to this process yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You know, you just, you miss those little tiny details that really add up to a lot. And I, you know, I love how it's worded as a ramp, right? So it's like, yes you're you're moving through this process you're learning more about the organization you're learning more about the customers like i love the idea of like offering even the opportunity to to speak to customers i in a previous role that i did that when i started it was yep. just like hey come come meet these people casually like get to know right. who they are and what they what they're looking for and what their problems are what we're trying you know how are we trying to help them um which also serves the company as like a fresh set of eyes yes. looking at like, yes. hey, like we have this customer that has this problem that we could solve for them. Um, right. And, and doing all of those things can really help create not just like, oh, I know how to do this task repeatedly or I know how to move through this process repeatedly, but I know what every step of this process means and why it's important. Yeah. And, and you you know almost built that like pride in into the work versus just right. like hey i'm gonna right. i'm gonna show up every day i'm gonna do my thing and i'm gonna leave um, exactly and that's again exactly. where we get that that engagement and i mean i yeah. i'm still stunned by the statistic that people decide within the first three weeks if if their new job is somewhere that they want to stay or leave because yeah. three weeks goes incredibly fast it does you know one uh, one of the the notes of the, the the data points that i found when i was doing some quick research on this was one third of new employees look for another job within the first six months of getting a place. Mm-hmm. One third. And if we think about what we're, what we're paying to, to, with recruiters, with ads, with how long it takes to find people, mm-hmm. the key part here is, and we've talked about it over and over and over, it's connection. Have we connected the employee with the organization, with our values, our beliefs, our why, mm-hmm. our culture, do they understand? And really, when we interview, are we projecting the culture mm-hmm. so that they know when they join, it's not a surprise? Mm-hmm. Because we can't afford to not have the right people on the bus. And if one-third are leaving, we're just, we're just shooting our, our organization mm-hmm. every time. There were another, just a quick one before we end. I love this one. The five C's of effective onboarding compliance. That's the regulation piece. We got to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But then it was clarification, culture, connection, and check back. Mm -hmm. Don't leave them. Make sure that there's a feedback loop, a constant feedback loop of 
information going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think we did it. Awesome. I feel inspired. So, folks, <laughs> yeah, you know, I really think, <coughs> excuse me, that even at MACME, we could do we could do a little bit better job with some reboarding. Because mm-hmm. not everybody knows why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Any special plans coming up? Nope. You know I don't nope. really ever have any winter plans. <laughs> winter. <laughs> I know you don't. How about well, you? <laughs> I don't, no, I don't either. You know, I can't say I'm going to Florida again this weekend because I did that last week. Mm-hmm. Nope. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll work on Jeremy's house with him or something on Saturday. We'll see. Nice. I did I did go skiing with my grandkids on Tuesday night. That was oh, so much fun. Oh, that's so cool. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to do that again. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was the next podcast.